listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Salutations, greetings, hello, bonjourno, bonjour, bonsoir, if you're listening in the evening, Kyrie, if you're Greek, if you're a dead ancient Koine speaking person, hello, sorry. Wow. Kind of got carried away that was, with the greetings. I don't have more to add, actually. <laughs> I was quickly researching, like, does that qualify? Because you know how sometimes there are those sayings that mean both, they're greetings oh, yes. and salutations. And um, one of my favorite ones, which I think I knew it didn't function as both, but I had a weird fact in my head that did it, no, sayonara. Oh, yes. One of my favorite words. I don't know why, I just like it very much, but it is exclusively from this immediate Google search, goodbye. Goodbye. So I won't be saying it right now. Mm, Kyrie functions as both in Koine Greek. That's cool. Yeah, you can, We should have more of those. That's right. That's right. Makes things easier, you know, yeah. but alas, here we are. So wow. how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. More awake than I expected to be. Great. More alive than I could ask for or imagine. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, are there, uh, you know, it's like, well, I'm 39% yeah. alive today. Well, you know. I suppose. There's a way on the weather. Which you could. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just right for a good long walk, good long morning walk. Yeah. In particular, there's a walk near the Bridgeport Park, right I mean, basically next to where we record. Yeah. Zach lives very yeah. close to the park. And there's this walk behind the park hmm, okay little paved trail goes off into Ooh. the woods oh, wait, it's paved and it goes to the woods yeah does it turn into dirt nope whoa okay if you follow it through it actually would take you from the bridgeport park over to you remember where the right aid used to be at the four-way stop if you were coming from route 50 into bridgeport oh and then you come to the four-way stop and you can turn left to go to zach's or turn right to go toward and more stonewood okay It'll take you out there. Well, that's wild. eventually. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's just mm. good fun. It is that kind of season where I'll ask Siri for the weather, and it seems worse. It seems quite frigid. And then I actually get out there. And I'm like, it doesn't feel so bad. Hey, no, give me a light jacket. We can do this. We can do it. It gives me hope because I, I really want to soak in the autumn. You know. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yes, indeed. I enjoy it. Yes. So yeah, that's all great. Wonderful. Glad to hear it. Yes. Rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today, listener? Oh, oh, yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's, that's great. great. I'm so uh, glad unless there's a tragedy. Yeah, unless you're like answering it and you were like, no, this is awful. In no, which case. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, man, that's really, level, you know. Yeah, we really, yeah. really are. I mean, we sound like we're being perhaps. <laughs> I would be if this was a real <laughs> If I really, I would. I would give you a knowing, a knowing nod, but yeah. I can't because this is recorded in the past and time travel does not work that way. Yeah. So mm. anyway, hope you are having a good day. You know what you're getting into here, though. You know, yeah. you know what you're here for. We're we're talking about living out the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Third little bit in the mm. mini series here. Part three of three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this nice. is going to be our last one. Very mini mini series. I like it. I don't know. Yeah, it's you know, like just a little. A little I don't know, but it's fun. Yeah, me too. A little I like to do that. A mm-hmm. jump through some connected storytelling. That's yeah. not the right word, but I'm. It just, works. Yeah. It's it's got a narratival. You know, it's got emotional yeah. logic. This is what happens when I. Don't prepare notes for, <laughs> you don't prepare notes for banter, so that's when I really That's stumble. right, that's right. Hey, it, it feels hashtag authentic, you know, that's right. So no, yeah, we've done a couple episodes on living out the truth of God's word, dealing specifically with confession of sin and trusting in promises, but living out the Bible 
doesn't stop it. Confession of sin or trusting in promises. It would be pretty passive. Yeah, that would be if that was, you know, yeah. there's there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, yeah. as it turns out, right? Yeah, so uh, Jesus said in John 14, 15, for example, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Hmm. And he says in Matthew 28, 20 to the disciples, teach people to observe all that I have commanded you. So in other words, there are commands given in scripture that are awaiting our obedience to them, not just our awareness of them. (laughs) And that leads us to our final step in applying the truths of the Bible, which is specifically obeying specific commands. Yeah, it's kind of like what we said last time or so in a previous part. Like awareness alone is sort of below baseline. Like (laughs) even the demons know. They they know that and like, yeah, we're doing the opposite (laughs) of that is what we're doing. Yeah, you actually have to put something behind that for it to really have an impact on your life and those around you for that matter. Yes, you actually just reminded me of something I'd forgotten about. This is from Passion in 2011. Passion Conference, 2011. Do you remember the theme? Was that White Flag? No, White Flag was the year after. Okay, cool. In the Georgia Dome. 2011, I don't remember what the theme was, but point being... There were these breakouts, these workshops, and uh, Francis Chan did one of them. And he talked about how it's not enough, to your wording, to have awareness of the commands and the things we ought to do. He was like, suppose, for example, I told my daughter, hey, go clean your room. And I leave her to do that for an hour. And then I come back Mm. and look, and the room is exactly the same. And I'm like, honey, why isn't the room clean? And she looks up at me. She says, oh, well, dad, I know you'll be proud of me because I sat with my friends and I talked about what it means to have a clean room. And I even figured out what some of those words mean in Greek. And so now I really understand (laughs) what it means to have a clean room. And of course, the point is, but did you (laughs) clean? in the room. Did you do what I asked? And that's at the heart of what we're dealing with here, right? When I Jesus even, keep my commands. I even felt the Francis Chan energy in that. Yeah, time. that's right. You can, you can <laughs> see like his face. He's like, and he does this and he's like, but did you, and he's got his Bible bent back. Like, but did you yeah. clean like, the room? Jesus wants you to clean the room. Every, every expression is like in the middle of like a 250 pound deadlift. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like he means every word. He does. And it hurts. He's doing so much heavy lifting for us. He's like, all of you are, the rest of you are, are so weak. You don't, you don't know yet what it means to love and obey Jesus. And so I'm having to do it all for oh, you. It's so That's really funny. True. God. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. We really, we really hit it there, didn't we? Man. <laughs> What a delight. (laughs) Yes. Well, thankfully, this does end up being perhaps the most straightforward step in actually living out the scripture. Yeah. Again, we do have to move from the general, I know that through faith in Jesus, my sins are forgiven and I have precious promises to lay hold of. And now I know I ought to be more obedient, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that's not particularly helpful. We have to get through to the specifics of how we are going to be more obedient, which specific instructions and commands are we going to obey? Yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable, really, to expect those first two elements that we covered to result in something you would hope is transformative. I mean, you'd, you'd hope that a clear recognition of like a forgiveness of sins and, and the associated promises that would result in a meaningful change, but it doesn't really happen on its own or by accident. No, it does not. And to go to the scriptures themselves, we see what I think is a really good example of this in Second Kings chapter 5 where we read about a man named Naaman. Hmm. There's a Syrian army 
commander who also happened to be a leper. That's a tough combo. That is, especially in the ancient world. I mean, being a leper is tough no matter what, but in the ancient world, very bad gig. And he, of course, desperately desired to be healed. And to make a long story short, again, you can read it, 2 Kings 5, if you want to go back later. But he ended up at the door of the prophet Elisha's house, right? The Israelite prophet Elisha. Hmm. And so Elisha tells Naaman to go and immerse himself in the Jordan River seven times, and he'll be healed. So you hear that and you think, wow, that's great. This is exactly what I want. That's the cheat code right there. That is the cheat code. But Naaman takes offense at this. He does not want to do it because he was expecting something flashier and more spectacular and he actually ends up saying that if he was going to go dunk himself in a river the rivers in syria are far better than the jordan like if you're going to have me do that at least go have me do it in like you know the euphrates or something like that and so he's on the verge of just simply leaving and not being healed get your head around that he's been told if you do this your leprosy goes away and he gets so hung up on the means to make that happen. Yeah. That he almost doesn't do it. Mm. Yeah. And then we read this verse, 2 Kings 5, 13 through 14. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleaned? In other words, like you would have done something very hard. And all he's told you to do is go dunk yourself. Mm. Like, go do it. Yeah. And so he went down. Listen to sense and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Mm. Now you see the waters of the Jordan were not magic. The reason Naaman was healed by dunking himself in the Jordan seven times was because he obeyed God's specific instruction and word to him in a form of faith. The command was not go dunk yourself in any river you want seven times, nor was it go and dunk yourself in the Jordan once or twice. It was go dunk yourself in the Jordan River seven times. And so (laughs) I don't get the impression from the text there that Naaman was particularly like, even after a servant's talked to him, yeah, I'm excited to do that. I can't wait to be healed. More or less like, okay, I guess I'll do it. Exactly. But that faith of a mustard seed in his obedience still brought healing about. It is peculiar. Like, I don't know if I've ever stopped to think about the strange specificity. And as you're describing this, like, it reminds me of so many other times. I actually am thinking a lot of, like, the instructions Moses was given. Oh, yeah. That's particular. Yeah, yeah. And And strange. mm -hmm. Even when he's building the tabernacle, you know, and you're reading that in Exodus and you're like, oh, my gosh, like all the detail and all this stuff and like what in the world? And the author of Hebrews later will come back and say, Moses obeyed those specific instructions because that tabernacle, the specific instructions weren't just arbitrarily given because the tabernacle was patterned off of the heavenly tabernacle, like the heavenly reality. And so every detail of the tabernacle means something. Right. And so, you know, just as another example of that, Moses's willingness to build the tabernacle and obey in all those specific instructions, yet none of that is ever arbitrary. Yeah. And so at this point, the question may be, well, Golly, you know, there are so many commands in the Bible. Like, Mm -hmm. I think if you just take the imperatives or the implied imperatives of Jesus just in the four Gospels, I think you get something like over 500 commands just in the four Gospels. Okay, so we're not talking about the epistles, acts, the prophets, Psalms, the Pentateuch, none of that. Yeah. Just the four Gospels. Like, I'm pretty sure it's over 500. That's a lot. So the question then becomes, how do I obey all of those specifically. Because here's the thing, you're not going to be able to hold all those in your head at one given moment. No. You know what I mean? Sure, right. So, for example, we're going to pull one out here, okay? 
So let's say you're reading your Bible and you're back in 1 John. We've used 1 John as a template for a few of these things, right? Okay. So let's say you're in chapter 4, verse 11, which says, Beloved, if God so loved us that he sent his son to die for us, we also ought to love one another. Okay, that's command. Sure. It's not a suggestion. Like, well, if you think about it, maybe, possibly, <laughs> if you if you want to, yeah. you know, love one another, mm-hmm. it's you ought to. But yeah. it's like, this is something, you need to do this. Because God loves us, sinful and rebellious as we are. So he doesn't just throw out the naked imperative. He doesn't yeah. say love one another. He's tying it to the love that God has for you in Christ. Mm. So that's also an important piece of this is you typically don't get imperatives without underlying indicatives is what we're talking about. The imperative and the indicative, right? But it won't be very helpful if you read that verse and you stay so general that you say something like, my application point for this verse today in obedience to the command is I'm going to be more loving. Yeah, it's not it's like, not super tactile. Yeah, that's like, okay, how are you going to be more loving? Yeah. We want to be looking for specifics here. And so just a few examples here to rattle off, okay? You could say, I'm going to love my coworkers by writing them encouraging notes and I'm going to offer to pick up their Starbucks orders some morning this week. That's another way to love one another. You could say, I'm going to love my friends and family by putting my cell phone away when we're talking and I'm going to clean the kitchen after dinner. Mm. That's one way you can obey that command. I'm going to love that difficult person in my neighborhood by inviting them over for a burger or a bowl of soup or whatever and I'm going to talk with them about their hobbies and interests. All right, those are specific concrete ways that we can obey the general command of 1 John 4, 11. And perhaps you're thinking, those don't seem grandiose enough. Yeah. And maybe we feel a bit like Naaman, where we're like, I expect that to be more spectacular. But it is those simple, concrete acts of obedience that so much mold and transform our lives. No, absolutely. We have no good reason to believe we're going to do the harder, more grandiose act of love if we're not willing to do exactly the smaller ones <laughs> yeah. first. I really like, I love that kind of reminder because even the earlier parts of the series, it's so tempting for me, like for whatever reason, to feel like it must be grandiose. Yeah. Like that's when it's meaningful, right? Right, yeah. Uh, like the small gesture surely can't be important enough for God to care about or be concerned with. Yes, I know how stupid that sounds. <laughs> but like that's the mental math. And when you say it out loud, it's like, then you're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, and it's like, whatever the thing is, it probably has to be really significant. And and then also for some reason, it has to be a little bit miserable. Oh, yes, yes, you have to be. Yeah, like yep. it's a form of penance or something. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like, like that'll spiritualize what I'm doing is if, it, if I kind of don't, if it's like really kind of just tough to get over myself. It's got to it's gotta be inconvenient to hurt. Yeah. But life is made of the small moments yes. and those gestures every single day. And, and like you said, those are the moments that, ultimately transform our lives because that's, yeah. that's what it is comprised of. Right. So if you ignore them, you will never see change. Right. But if you, you know, if you actually are willing to maybe take off this impression that it has to be majestic or magnificent, yeah. it's right. like, okay, you can actually see change by doing the work of these small moments mm-hmm. that don't seem important enough. That actually is what will make the difference. Yeah. I can't remember who it was that said this and I'm butchering the exact wording. Maybe it was Flannery O'Connor. I really can't remember. But it was something to the effect of manners and customs are the small everyday ways we love 
one another. So it's like, yeah, and that's why I even think it's like, those are things that are important to teach. You know, I'm getting specific because I'm thinking of like my own children, for example. But like, (laughs) I mean, even the, like the little things where I'll take like a completely innocuous example of like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to open the door for a lady would be like the old, like, it sounds like old, (laughs) it sounds old timey, right? But like, that would, that was a way of like, I'm going to love, not in like a, (laughs) not in a uh, promiscuous or, you know. To, to Song show, of Solomon, way, to but show like kindness and deference in a way that w- that constitutes the term love. Yes, exactly. That's thank you for putting that much better than I could trying to find whatever I was doing with it. But like those little things, like yeah. those are the little ways that we show love to one another. And yeah. so even that, I think there's this temptation today to kind of like write off not in general, but little specific mannerisms that used to be kind of important. And it's like, well, let's stop and think about that for a minute. Those were originally ways of showing these things here, little acts of great love. And I think it just helps reinforce your point that it's it's the little things. It's a little habit you build up day after day after day after day that just teach you like, oh, this is just the way I am. For example, I obey the commands of Christ because it's second nature at that point, right? Right. It's just my habit. Mm -hmm. So I even think when he mentioned maybe habits or traditions or uh, just things that kind of fall to the wayside. The intentional choice to reclaim that, the intentional choice to invest in something that's no longer necessarily expected, almost increases like how how meaningful that gesture is. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not doing this just because everyone around me is looking and expects me to do this, but also because I actually care. Yes. And I like wish to maybe inconvenience myself or whatever to to like dignify or yep. or show kindness towards someone else. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some, I, I, here's what I want to say. It's more charming. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's not super cool. You know what I mean? But it's, no, there's there is. more meaningful about that. Yes, exactly. So I think as we seek to read and live out the scriptures, probably going to find ourselves in water over our head sometimes, yeah. you know, all to this point, because you think there are so many sins to confess, promises to trust, commands to obey. You start to wonder how could we ever live it all out, you know? So at the sure. end of the series, here's just a final <laughs> encouragement. Because Paul says in Ephesians 4, 5, that speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. And so he's using the image of growing up, like as in like a child Mm. growing up. And a child doesn't get everything figured out in one go, right? Or to even change the image, if you bury a seed in the ground, Mm. you're not going to get a plant immediately. It's going to take that thing time to grow. I think sometimes, you know, it's kind of funny watching how kids do this kind of stuff because, you know, you plant a seed and the kid wants to dig up the soil like every other, you know, and look like, why isn't it grown yet? Is it grown yet? No, 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 patience. It takes time. It takes time, yeah. And so putting our faith in Jesus and then seeking to live the Christian life the Christian way, as we're fond of saying, it doesn't make you a sinless saint overnight. You know, you're not going to be like great heart from Pilgrim's progress in a one go. You know what I mean? Like yeah. obeying everything and trusting everything like all at once. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time. So don't be discouraged by that. Be encouraged that you're recognizing that I can feel <laughs> that I've not arrived yet. Like that itself is a good sign in no, exactly. a weird way. You, you know are, what I mean? You're aware of what you never would have paid mind to previously. Yes. Yes, exactly. So tomorrow when you open your Bible, rather than allow yourself to be overwhelmed by all the sins and promises and commands, perhaps I can encourage you just to do this. Pray and ask God what one specific action 
you should take tomorrow based on what you read. And that may mean that you focus on one specific sin you need to confess and repent of. It may mean there's one specific promise that has been difficult for you to trust and you're just going to take God on his word on it. Or maybe it's one specific command that you have had a hard time obeying and you say, you know what, I'm doing that today. Just just one. You take like I think it was Thomas Akempis in The Imitation of Christ who said, if we but eliminated one vice every year, we would soon be near perfection by the end of our lives. Mm. So like even that, like, yeah, it's like if you take these one at a time, like don't get overwhelmed and trying yeah. to do, you know, I mean, you maybe get to the point where it's again second nature and you're able to do all these things without thinking about them. Mm-hmm. But as far as actually getting into it and taking steps one at a time, maybe that's just where you need to start. Yeah. One command, one promise, one sin to confess or repent of. Just take it one step at a time, one day at a time, and through faith in Christ and obedience to God, you will grow up. Mm-hmm. He'll grow you up. And then one day we'll be perfect and we won't have to worry about <laughs> trying so hard to be. So anyway, thank you as always for listening. And uh, if you have any questions on this or any other topic, as always, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And if you want to leave us an honest five-star review, it's not a command. I'm telling you, you have to do it. You know, that is truly a suggestion. If you want to, you can. Could be an act of love. It could be. Could be. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, mm, Ethan, bringing it full circle there. Well, hey, no, thanks as always uh, for listening, and we will catch you next time.